0: On this episode of the LOL Pod, I am joined by my guest, Mykeesh Summers, and we talk about everything from organizing our lives, uh, our relationship with time, and setting boundaries. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone, it's LaShonda from Labors of Love, and you are listening to the Labors of Love podcast. I am extremely happy to have my guest with me today. She is an advocate, an organizer, and the owner and CEO of TNT Consulting and Management, LLC. I have Miss Mikey Summers. Hi, Mikey. Hi, LaShonda. I am so happy to be here. I am really excited to have this conversation. So I'm going to start with you, like I do all of my guests and ask what is your labor of love?
1: My labor of love, I think it's so multifaceted. My labor of love consists the the foundation I think of my labor of love consists in helping um, and that comes in, I think, in many different forms. So in just helping people, um, whether that's listening, actually the, the reason why TNT was birthed, it came out of helping people organize their life, um, and things. So people will put me in places like, Hey, you seem like you would get this together for me. Can you put this? I'm thinking of this. And we will work out an idea and we will get it together. And then it came to physical spaces where. People are like, oh, my gosh, this is such a mess. I wish somebody would come in and do this. And I'm like, oh, I knocked that out for you. Oh, and then it became a thing. So I think my labor and love is that my my labor of love is when people are like, oh, my gosh, I just want to help with this. or I just need this to be like this. If there's a skill set that I feel like I have or that I can assist with, then I help there.
0: So awesome. So. I, we can go so many directions, but let's start with, because <laughs> you already started to kind of tell us a little bit like the birth of TNT. And I definitely mm-hmm. want to us as historical as you can, like how did you know, or when did you first realize that you were a helper and an organizer, a person who kind of took people's thoughts and, and helped bring them into reality?
1: I think you know how it feels cliche, right, for people to say things like, oh, my gosh, I knew this when I was younger. I knew this when I I was a kid and, and those things. But I do feel like that. I spent a lot of time with my grandmother, who was the helper. She was the person that put ideas into place. She was the person that organized events and put things together. And I was her right-hand person. I was sitting right next to her. I was doing those things. So I think I slowly began to learn those skills. And as I started putting things together for myself, even in college, and people like, oh, well, can you do that for me, too? Oh, sure, absolutely. Like, it's just, it's this and those things. The birth of TNT came as I began to do it more, and I think as you get to a certain place in life, yes, I have my professional life, um, which brings a whole different facet to myself, but then there was a place where you're like, I'm giving away a lot of my intellectual property for free, like, I love y'all, and I'm doing a lot of work (laughs) um, for free, and while love offerings is great, um i need to figure out how to capitalize on this because i'm doing it more and more and then as it began to expand outside of my intimate circle it was like yeah no i actually need to start um getting paid for my worth for what this is and and this is a skill set that clearly people need and utilize so that yeah, was yeah.
0: No, that's so real. Yeah.
1: So that was the the formal birth. The formal birth actually came out of all those random memes during COVID, like right in the middle, where people like, "Oh, you should be finding a hobby right now. You should be doing something. You know what? Let me file a LLC while I'm sitting here on the couch." <laughs> that was the formal mm-hmm. birth. <laughs> okay.
0: Well, it's funny because you bring up a few things. Like something that I talk about consistently on the podcast is. People will pay you to do what you do. You can monetize mm-hmm. anything. And I think for a lot of people, they have these very um natural, God given, intuitive gifts that they don't see as gifts or they don't see as skill sets. They just say, Oh, that's how I am. But so there is somebody across the street, around the corner, who does not have that particular skill set, is not interested in developing it, but will pay Absolutely. someone to do it. And so I love hearing that. It's just this reiterated theme of like, where do your passions lie? What are you good at? What brings you joy? And when people say, well, if you, you know, if you, what would you do for free? You are more than likely doing it for free already, Absolutely. right? Mm-hmm. And so it brings us to the next point of a place I can see like a both and. I see that sometimes, I'm sure I know I have benefited from um, the gifts of others, right? You're one of those mm-hmm. people and people have benefited from my gifts, right? So Absolutely. we don't necessarily walk around, you know, being oh. like, oh, you know, pay me for this. But there does come a point where we're so accustomed to just doing that we, we start to get weary, but here's the, uh, the, 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 both and the and part, then we start to get resentful. Absolutely. Okay? Absolutely. I'm about to do this. And then we got to be like, okay, pause. Let's, let's come to the the middle ground is how do I monetize and make official this gift? The answer is not often, uh, uh-uh, uh, because, <laughs> because people are not actually oftentimes intentionally taking That's true. advantage That's very true. of it. People pay what you charge. If you ain't charging, they're not paying. Absolutely. Paying. So, you know, I found myself in, in, in on both sides of that where, you know, I get frustrated. and Like I'm done doing this for free. But now I'm taking years of me not knowing and charging my worth out on one person. But I've also been on the other end where people have treated me like I've been taking advantage of them. And my response is I pay what uh-huh. you charge. If you don't charge or you undercharge or... I can't be responsible, but as a business owner, I also can't be responsible. My customers and clients are not responsible for what I Absolutely. you know what I'm charging. So we really have to 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 get to a space where we understand, I think, the both and of that. And so tell us just a little bit more about what TNT does. So you talked about the formal birth of it, but if someone were like why do you I mean, need
1: me? What why, 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 why would they need me? Why, 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 why need do people me? need me? So the, the bulk of what I do um, is truly the physical spaces. So the closets, the kitchens and coming in and putting in an organization, set, an organization system for you. So, um, one of the things about me—if anybody who is in my intimate circle or whatever—now, now you all will know, right? My everything is color coded in my life. My whole closet is color coded. All of my shoes are arranged in a certain way, right? In a certain style, in a certain thing, and and also in colors and those things. And when people hear, when people hear that, are right, and they're like, "Oh my gosh! Like I wouldn't even be able to do that. Or right, could you help me do that?" Yes, but when I go into your space, what? You, what my organization system is may not work for you. That works for me because I know what my mornings look like for me. That may not work for you. So we may just need to organize your closet by certain types of clothes, your certain type of day, any of those things that happen. Um, so that was a bigger piece of um, what what really started. At church, of course, um, there were situations and things and, and certain closets and spaces that became like the dump closets and the dump spaces. And people are like, oh my gosh, I have no idea what's in there. Can my keys come in?" Straighten this out so we know what's in here and organize this. Of course, my kids will come and straighten that out and organize it so that we know what's in there. And then an offshoot became events. So, bridal showers, wedding showers, um, weddings, events, parties, where I am not a decorator and I nor do I claim to be. However, I have a wealth of resources. So, my mother and my aunties are, but I'm the person that if you need five table play settings, I know where all five of them are. I know what we need to make all of them look identical. I know where we're getting all the things. I have your budget together. I know who you paid, when we paid them, what was going on, um, those things. So, I really I'm the person when you say when you're sitting around and you like I just wish somebody would put this together for me well call me let's talk and let's see what we need to put together for you
0: yeah so yes I'm I'm gonna (laughs) go ahead and vouch for that um and and say like um I remember right when I was planning my wedding and Uh I'm just like okay and I can be honest wedding planning was not the stressful thing that it is for some people, you know, you know, I, we kind of, we started early, knew we wanted, wasn't the whole thing, but then you start getting closer and you like, wait a minute, this is a lot of deep. <laughs> um, and, and I will be honest, no interest. I, I don't have, I am so comfortable now being like, yep, nope. Don't know how, <laughs> don't know how, not interested in knowing how. And, You know, I just remember that there came a point and and it was, you know, we talking back in the day, this was definitely before the official birth of TNT. This was like (laughs) just me being like, yeah. Um, And really, this is actually what I said. I need a me, right? I needed someone who was just going to make sure I did all the planning. I did Mm -hmm. all the work. But what I knew I wouldn't have was the person that i usually am for other people which is to make sure that silly stuff doesn't happen because like on wedding days i don't care how distant you are from that guest that somehow made it they think they're entitled to see the bride it's just one of those things like oh that's my third cousin you know blah 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 and and they want to find out where she didn't dress i needed i needed a bodyguard (laughs) i needed somebody to make people make sure people got paid and all this stuff so i I have no idea how it came to be. We were probably just talking about it and it just came. She like, oh, I got that. And I'm like, like,
1: got that, got that? Like,
0: like, because my labor
1: of love is helping, right? So you were in need, right? You were like, I just need some day of coordinator, right? I need a day of coordinator. I need somebody to put these things together and to get this stuff. Oh, and I need this too, by the way. Okay, well, my mama can do that. And then I got, we got you. No problem. (laughs) So let me tell y'all.
0: So here we, I'm like, bet, right? So I am living literally my best life on my wedding day. I don't have a care in the world. I'm super excited. I'm up, I'm getting my makeup done, my hair done, all this stuff. And I come downstairs, right? After taking pictures and I have this opportunity to look at the space that's set up. And I walk in and I'm like, oh my goodness. And then here I go like, where do flowers come from? Because listen, y'all, flowers, decorative flowers were not in the budget okay? we did not buy them. We did not order them. We had these like crystal things on the table, and I'm like, but but where that where that come from? Though this woman here, then absolutely, with the wedding from the day before, who was getting ready to throw away they flowers, and she didn't put. I, I mean, it was just it was it blew my mind, and I'm just <laughs> like, honey, what? Okay, and then. Here comes the groom showing up, so then I gotta get like rushed upstairs through the back way and all this <laughs> stuff. It was just—that's what happens when you have a person you can trust, right? Absolutely. Not just to execute, but who knows the vision, who knows what you need. Because what I'm also saying is, most of the time I don't know what I need, and I'm absolutely. cool with saying that. I'm just saying this is what I know, but I'm relying on your expertise. And so she hooked that up, and then next thing you know, oh, then we are having twins, right? Oh, <laughs> so absolutely. next thing you know, she like oh who share a birthday with her for the record right and so i remember being pregnant and talking to you and being like yeah this whole baby shower thing like who knows when twins coming we don't know and so then we just started talking about having the the baby shower the, the baby welcoming after they were born and she like oh we can do that and so when my keys says we can do that that's right i know that that means oh you ain't even got to really think about it no more (laughs) like it's pretty much like okay i have now passed that on and so i'll be trying to test it out so i'll say something oh we can do that and i said okay so we actually means okay that's right so i was able to go on and have them babies and not worry about it and show up
1: and we have our baby baby barbecue.
0: Right. A baby barbecue and we had our baby barbecue and it was good <laughs> it ain't I didn't look I did send out the invitations I did that that's other true. than that I ain't do a thing so just if you listen and you're kind of like well what does like a consulting and management everything everything it
1: becomes yeah make it it's, and make it real so yeah absolutely it's funny because I have um, other people in my life that'll say oh when she says I got you she got you like let's go, and and that's the thing. And if we have a conversation, the consulting part comes in with, "Tell me what you think. What is what is it that you want? What is it a thing? Okay." And because I'm resourceful, I, I I'm like you too, Deshonda. There are some things I'm just not interested in. I'm just not interested in decorating. I am just not. In- However, I have resources. No worries. I don't cook. I'm not going to, I know, I'm not going to do that, but I will get you together. I I know some people that will get you together. I will get you four or five options. Absolutely. But that's not what I'm going to do. I'll make sure they show up on time. I'll make sure your menu is good. I'll make sure all of those things are together. But there are other things I'm just not that interested in.
0: <laughs> and I love it. And I, I think something that's worth gleaning from this conversation is whatever you do, whatever your passion is, whatever your job is, whatever that is, this is why networking is so important. This is why telling people what you do. I think of networking um, in the way that it's not always about um, getting more business right in that moment. I feel like I talk about what I do all the time. Why? So people know what I do. And so the person I'm talking to may never utilize my services, especially when we're talking therapeutic stuff. If I'm having that conversation with you, you probably can't. I can't be your therapist anyway. (laughs) Right? right. However, (laughs) now that you know where I specialize, when you're randomly talking to someone and they're like, man, me and my mama need to go to therapy. Somebody could be like, oh, hold on. I got somebody for you, right? So when we're networking and that no matter how um, specialized or niche things are I think some people think I need to do more so I can reach more people I think you need to do exactly what you're doing you just need to tell everyone what you're doing so that when that specialized need comes people can go like oh I know exactly the person so people like my quiche are constantly meeting people who do their thing Mm-hmm. she's not gonna then try to do it but instead she'll be like oh i just met this person who said they specialize in upside down ice sculptures that's right Wait, <laughs> and somebody just said they want an upside down ice sculpture right and so you just start putting that stuff together and so i love it i love the network that you're creating that you can be a one-stop consulting shop for people, but then you have all these arms and branches everywhere that can kind of pull people's knees in together. So I love absolutely. that. You
1: yes, talked absolutely.
0: about offices and closets. Are there any other physical kitchens,
1: any other, other kitchens? physical
0: spaces that, you know, you find can really use organization in a way that people don't think of it? Cars. Cars
1: are a really, really big thing. So growing up, my mom, my mom had this thing where she would say, if you look at someone's car and their car was a mess, then probably their house was a mess. Right. Like That was a thing. I don't know how true that is necessarily. However, I do know how true it is for me on the opposite side. I don't like a lot of stuff around me in my car because, you know, as well as I do, that affects your mental space. Right. When there are a lot of things. And I do know that there are people with children who also sometimes can not help to have a lot of things around them when they have a lot of extra bodies in the car (laughs) with them um, all the time. But cars are a really, really big space um, where I think we, we don't take advantage, especially when we think about how big our cars are and it doesn't we don't always have to stuff everything in every nook and cranny of that and how do you make it effective for you when you need to I remember I really got big I never kept a lot of things in my car anyway but when I was younger my car got broken into and I remember saying well I have no idea what was in the trunk of that car like I don't know what was in there and I didn't like I didn't like to feel first of all being violated with someone breaking into my stuff but I also didn't like to know I didn't like the feeling of not knowing what I lost. Mm -hmm. What did I truly lose? What was that? So now I can probably give you a very quick inventory of what's in my car. And what what would happen. And then I also had a situation because I've had many cars when I were younger and all of them didn't work as well as the ones do now where um, I needed to get to my spare tire and I was on the side of the road. And I remember the person who was helping me, like I felt embarrassed that it was so much stuff coming out of my trunk to get to that spare tire. I said, that'll never happen again ever happen again there is you can literally go into my truck now to get the spare tire there's no you don't have to fumble through a lot of stuff but cars are a huge space that I think people don't take advantage for actually maximizing the spaces in there and organizing that
0: Mm -hmm. no that's awesome and I you know I would imagine too there is a point in time where I was a nomadic therapist Mm -hmm. and all that stuff so there was no like location I was traveling to people and I wore many different, so people say wear many hats. I carry many bags. So literally I got like (laughs) five bags, you know, there's the trainer bag, there's the, you know, my adolescent therapist bag, there's my, you know, all this (laughs) stuff. And I had to really adopt a very organized perspective for that because I can't just be standing out, you know, and and it's cold, right? Right? In the winter, (laughs) you trying to figure out what do I need for this and this? So that's when I had to go and get all this stuff and I'm a color coordinated person too. So trust me, I know. Now I am married to a person who color who? So you know <laughs> what do you do when you may be encountering situations where you have people who have different needs, different perspectives, different ways of navigating the world, but they're sharing a space. How do you how do you manage that?
1: So it's interesting that you said that I did a closet last February. Um Um, and there was the side of the closet that was the wife's side and it was her husband's side. He had his own court. He had his own organization system. So when I went to do the closet, we skipped over his, because I didn't want to, because remember organization systems, I do what you want, not what I would want. Um, because once I walk away you have to do what's going to work for you Um, and those things so he had his system and we didn't touch anything around his system and this was a pretty big closet and we worked around the whole project um, and we left his system alone and then we just um, were able to reorder reorganize the wife system where she had a good system as well but we just needed some tweaks and things to it so it's very much coming in with the I think because of my mental health background right it's coming in with the come as you are like I'm Meet you where you are, and and let's go with that. I'm not gonna try to change you in that sense. I'm not gonna try to to put my doctrines and those things on you. What is it that's gonna work for you? Because in the end, all I want it to be helpful for you, not a hindrance. Like I brought you in, you changed up the whole kitchen or my whole closet, and now I don't know where anything is. No, that that's not a thing. So it's really sitting down and it's that listening piece on uh, okay, what is it that you want, and what do you want to get out of this?
0: All right. Yes, and mm-hmm. yeah, I love so our solution is he doesn't have his own separate closet and yeah, so right. listen do what you do right i do what i do and we stay married listen here here here's a marital tip it may not work for everybody but try sleeping under separate covers i'm just saying it has <laughs> worked okay because apparently i hog all the covers and pillows mm. apparently and you know i know allegedly you know, y'all know Jay. He's producer, so he he probably want to unmute right now and, and throw in his his two cents. but when we establish that we just don't sleep under different covers, we don't have there's no argument there's no I don't have to get defensive. you know what I mean and Absolutely. he don't have to convince me <laughs> and so sometimes those separate things. We spend so much time trying to convince each other in relationships that we're free of wrongdoing, or that somebody else is doing something. But well, sometimes we need to just be like, "You got the blue cover, I got the red cover, and whatever that is, and and then make it work." And the next thing you know, like y'all got time, energy, and all kind of stuff in that relationship. So anyway, that was free, y'all. That was a.
1: Uh, a side note asterisk and I, I second that because while my closet is looks the way it does my husband's closet does not now we do have the uh we have the luxury of having two different spaces for that but he will not let me touch his closet he's like did you hear the operative word that's my closet and i said you know what you are absolutely right and that works for him and i have to stay away from his things like that yeah i'm learning let's
0: I- go I'm a, I'm a, am a, yep, it'll it's, come, yeah. it'll come, it'll oh, come, it's coming, it's, it's actually coming. We moving, it's coming, right? It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> love it. So, Mikey, talk a little bit about how helping this this rooted labor of love of yours um, shows up in other ways. I know that you talked about the birth of TNT, and so this is a, a newer business for you. But mm-hmm. how do you spend your other time helping?
1: Um, I think, of course, and by the true nature of my job, right, being in the social services field um, and doing that, coming from a background where I came from a direct care service line where I was absolutely on boots on the ground, working with the kids and helping in that aspect and then moving up into the administrative role that I'm in now, it's taken a big shift to learn that I still help. Um, down to down to the bottom line, but that was really hard for me because I don't I really enjoy kids. I really enjoy other people's kids a lot. That is not a plug for anything, though I don't babysit anymore. But um But I really, I really enjoy the kids because I enjoy the true nature of kids, good, bad and indifferent. Right. Um, I always tell people, if you truly want to know, like, if you want your self-esteem pumped up, work with kids and you want to tore down, work with kids. Either way, either way, they're going to give it to you. <laughs> they they will give it to you. And as I moved away from working with them directly um, and moving more into the administrative role, I learned that I could help the mm-hmm. Um, And that was that's a bigger fulfillment than it was and I thought that the than direct care was for me originally because it go it expands so far so much further at times when I can help the helper so with my staff and with my team um being able to help them navigate through things and help on, on those kind of levels it just it, it feeds into me a whole different way um now than did when I was working directly with the kids
0: yeah, I, I like that. And I think we can stay here for a second because, you know, this is how we got connected. We got connected through work. And I I didn't know you, um, just particularly the way I did now, we were not friends when I worked direct care. Mm-hmm. But when I moved more into a training position, that's when we got connected and our relationship began to grow. And one thing that I can definitely say about being in a position, whether it's administrative you know, mine was less administrative, but you know, this training position is I began to grow this human tremendously big heart for those who do the work. Absolutely. Because working in uh community mental health, what I noticed is that there was a lot of effort and energy that went into the people being served, children and families. Mm-hmm. And then there was a lot of effort and energy whether people could well no, people could see it, that went towards donors and accrediting bodies and you know Mm -hmm. and all this stuff so it's like this divided energy but where a whole lot of stuff was not being directed is was the actual people doing the work absolutely so it's like this is what we need to do for those we serve this is what we need to do for those who serve this is what we got to do to keep the people who pay the bills happy what about the people doing the work and Mm -hmm. so it was this big eye-opening experience for me where i was like how do i impact change in that way and so that I think honestly, as I sit back sometimes and I think about labors of love and kind of the passion to help, like, for example, you know, if you were to try to look for my Facebook labors of love, it is Facebook, facebook.com backslash healing for the healers, right? So there was mm -hmm. always this effort and and I'm able to do that now, but there is something tremendously fulfilling for me to know that I can help those who help and it it branches out so much plus. What people, uh, whoever people are, them, they, people forget (laughs) that the people doing the work actually need the exact same things as the people being served. The exact same energy. Exact same thing. It's not different. You don't have to look at it a different lens. You don't have to close your right eye and squint. They need exactly the same thing. nurturance, validation, affirmation, resources, support to know that they are worthy. Everything that we are expecting helpers to give the people they serve their well runs dry very quickly. And there are just sometimes very few intentional efforts to put that stuff back into the people who are dishing it out all the time. And so we have high turnover and burnout and all of these different things. So I definitely feel that tremendously. Mm -hmm. And so does helping show up in any other ways? You have TNT, you have your work in the social service field and helping helpers. How else does it show up?
1: I think I'm um, the the. Of course, it shows up naturally. I think in my family settings, in my friend circles, right, in church, it really in all aspects of my life, right. Helping, <laughs> helping always shows up. There's there's always something um where I am in a situation where it's like, oh, absolutely, let me help because it feels that's what fills my bucket. Um, I have gotten to a place though where I realized I had to learn the difference between be busy, just being to be busy, busy to be busy. Um, and then busy with whatever was actually filling my bucket. So those are, so I'm able to say, you know what? I'm not, I can't do that or, um, I can't take time in that. So I'm very, very active. I am a very strong proponent of supporting black colleges because I am a graduate of Central State University. So I love HBCUs. Um, and I'm very active with my alumni chapter with that, but I'm also able to titrate what I want to do. How active do I want to be with that? What does that look like Um, so that I don't experience that level of burnout and the busy being busy and that so I can still love it? I need to still love it. When I stop loving things, then I fall back Um, because then it's no longer helpful to anybody. And I'm not helping anybody because as a helper, I also have to learn how to help myself and make sure that I'm in that place, too. we can say those
0: words all day and people can be like, yes, girl. Yes. And still be like, wait, <laughs> right? right. So a recent, um, yeah, I do uh, a self-care Sunday post every, every week. And one of the recent ones was, uh, capability and capacity are not the same. Yes. Okay. Just because you can does not necessarily mean you should. And mm-hmm. I think it would be helpful for us just to talk a little bit about how, how did you start to make that distinction like what were some of the things that you were starting to recognize in your body or in your thoughts or in your beliefs or whatever that helped you recognize things that were busy to be busy and then other things that were actually fulfilling for you
1: I think just like to go with that post suit as you said there was another one I don't know if you posted it when someone said like don't mistake my free time for availability um and and those things but I think the the number one thing that started happening for me was a feeling of resentment so the instant I'm like oh I really don't want to do this or, I really don't feel like doing this or I can't believe they asked me to do this and then I said I was gonna do it that right there coming up coming into it I'm like that's the wrong kind of energy they go going to that um with and that feeling doesn't feel good in my gut it doesn't feel good in my head. So then I wasn't even producing my best me or my best work because I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to help, um, yeah. right? Um, and those things. So I think that was that was one thing. And then if I sit- So oh, I well, reckon- let me, before you even go on, I think it's important to name what that is. That's a boundary,
0: y'all. Those <laughs> are boundaries. Let's come back to the B word. Right? Those are boundaries, <laughs> right? And I, I'm not coming at this from like, higher than mighty. Like I, there is no soapbox that I'm standing on. I am low oh, as the like everybody else, but those are boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. The ability to say no and yes. And I think that instead of, because sometimes when I hear boundary conversations, I feel like we're missing a few elements because we'll say girl or dude or whoever y'all <laughs> folks, you need to learn to say no. And as much as that can be helpful, people don't seem to understand that that is rooted in our childhood, Mm -hmm. okay? Did you grow up in a family system or social structure that literally allowed you to say no? If you grew up in a system that said, well, you can't see my face. They made a face. <laughs> right? Say no. If you is- said no, that's right. And I mean. if you ask questions like, well, why do I have to do that? And you get the face and you like, because I said so. Don't be back talking. If you literally were formed in a social structure that did not allow you to say no, because maybe you were a child, because you respect elders, mm-hmm. and, and, res- and by respect is do what you're told, then the fact that you 30, 40, 50 years old and can't say no, is not a deficit of your character. It is a poverty of experience. Absolutely. And to, to down ourselves or down someone else because they can't say no would be like shaming someone because they can't speak German but they grew mm-hmm. up in a household. Like, no, if you didn't hear it and see it. And then the same people who were not allowed to say no themselves were witnessing a whole bunch of self-sacrificial people, especially women. Yes, absolutely. Mama, grandma, auntie, everybody did not everything. Nobody said her. no for everybody. She, she did yes. everything. And And as I'm talking, especially working with families or just people, period, they start telling me about what they grew up and and they just started talking about these, but in their mind, that's the greatest thing. Sa- sacrifice equals the ultimate love. Absolutely. And so they're like, oh, she always did this and I'll never be like her. And I'm like, this ain't no disrespect to her, but you, do you want to be? Cause this mm-hmm. is why you come in here, right? right? Because this understanding, this belief that I can only be helpful when I am completely depleted, that that's a whole nother thing. So yes, we need to learn to say no under certain circumstances. Um, but understand that it's a skill and we get to start small, mm-hmm. right? We get to start in, you don't have your first. No, doesn't have to be in the most influential relationship you have. <laughs> you can start with your partner or your mama, you know, no, I'm going to just tell her no, no, right. <laughs> Respectfully declining, um, and all of those things are practices, and once we start to get that, then we can master the art of doing it without a whole bunch of explanation.
1: I was just about to say, one of the, one of the it, it seemed profound at the moment, especially in my middle of being kind of like busy, being busy, and feeling like burnout, was one of my, my honorary aunties said to me, you know you can say no without an explanation, right, because nobody says, ask you for an explanation when you say yes, and it mm-hmm. seemed so simple, right? But I was like, she is absolutely right. So because we know most times, right, with those no comes up something that we make up behind it. Oh, no, because I won't even have time. No, that's not the truth. I got time. I just don't want to do it. But you don't even need that. Our no, and then we make up a ton of other things that we're supposed to be doing. No, my no is just my no. Mm-hmm. Hey, no, I can't. I'm, I'm unable to do that. And bringing it back. If you grew up thinking that a no
0: or learning that a no would sever a relationship, that it would cause you to feel lonely or isolated or rejected, then so many of our no's are, I mean, our yeses are actually just pre-prolonged no's. No's. Right? Mm -hmm. Like eventually you're going to make something up. Yeah, you're gonna come down with something today of, but the thing is, it's also not helpful for really anyone because by the time you back out at the last minute, or like you said, don't give your all, they could have found someone with a genuine yes
1: mm-hmm. and
0: and had a much better experience. But all of that is wrapped up, and it just reminds me me my, Jane and I went to uh the dollar store and we bought balloons for our mm-hmm. daughters, okay and it was but not inflated it was just a package it was a number five and so I said to a person who was in the aisle who worked in the store or so I thought <laughs> do you all have helium and, and and I guess I could have caught how she responded she was like yeah they have it up in the front but I kind of anyway so I get up there and as I'm paying for it I was like can you blow that up And I was like oh no I'm not able to do that um and I was like I just asked someone that and he was like oh, well, who did you ask? And it's like, I don't know, somebody in cars. She's like, oh, they work for Hallmark. They don't actually work here. We're not able to do it. And it should have just stopped there. Five <laughs> minutes later, right? Still telling me like, you know, cause no, you know, when corporate says, and if my boss says I can't, then I can. And, you know, but I know if you go across the Kroger, my dad is a da da da. He works there. Da, da, da. Listen, dude, all you got to say is, I'm unable to do that, right? I'm
1: unable to do it. And, and that's it.
0: okay, <laughs> you know, but here I am in there like, I wonder what childhood wound you working out of right now, because all you (laughs) had to say is no, I ain't gonna lie. That's how I think sometimes, full transparency. And it wasn't necessarily in judgment, but it was just like, man, you really don't know that your no can just be no. And it was evident. And I feel like what he was maybe waiting for was for us to express some over, because I was
1: just kind of looking, and then Jay was like, oh, that's cool, my man, or whatever, but that wasn't enough, (laughs) you know? Because most times people respond so emotionally to no, right? Because if the minute you say no, it becomes this react like you're waiting. Well, why not? Well, what what else are you doing then? And it makes you feel like, oh, you don't value them because you said no, right? It comes with all these, it's so (laughs) jam-packed.
0: Yep, yep, yep. And when we start to learn that a person's response to my no is their responsibility, in my response to someone else's no is my responsibility. Then we spend more effort kind of figuring out what's going on with us instead of projecting on other people. absolutely but anyway, <laughs> now we're back. How else do you know? So resentment starts to build up resentment is one way, way you recognize it.
1: And I think, so I I reconcile my calendar every Sunday. So every Sunday I sit down and I see what I have coming up, what I'm doing, and I start making my to-do list. And as I'm making my to-do list, some things I'm like excited about, right? Like, okay, good. And I can plan for, and I get together. Those things that I don't as much, I was like, yeah, this just looking a mess, just to look a mess and in a sense of of course now we're in this world where is everything is it's cool to, it's cool for self-care right self-care looks real different for everybody it's a, it's a talk-up theme right talk-up point but it did get to a point where i was like well what am i doing with this and then if my husband's like so where am i on your calendar and what's going on i'm like ooh, okay self-check all okay. right mm. okay all right yeah what am i doing actually Yeah, nothing or when it got to a place where even people in my life had to be like so can I just get on your calendar I mean it's still kind of like that a little bit but it's like you before it was like well maybe because I don't know because I got this here and then I wouldn't break certain ties with stuff right like no I have to go to that even though I didn't want to or I have to go to that and then I think I read something that was like stop breaking appointments with yourself because I'll break an appointment with myself in a heartbeat but if I had an appointment with you then I'm like okay I'm gonna make that appointment well why I owe Lashonda more than I owe my keys Mm. That makes no sense. No, that, that's re- that makes no sense. And that's what I was doing.
0: And it goes back to the color-coded thing for me. Whether you're a paper calendar, I've gone through phases. I've, I went like a whole year when I'm like, just on paper. I had oh, you know, I remember. stuff.
1: It- <laughs> <laughs> I remember when you went digital. I remember yes. when you went digital. And I'm just like, it is
0: too much, right? <laughs> so what I found is I do, I have a color-coded system for my calendar. And if you really want to know where you're spending your time, color, code your calendar, go to month view and just look at it. Absolutely. What colors are popping up? And, you know, I know that, you know, my family stuff is, is banana because you only got so many choices at least, that's you right. know, but you know, like my family is banana and I'm, I'm that blue color, but my work this and this and, this, and I'm just like, Ooh, there's a lot of purple. Purple's all work. Mm-hmm. You know, where is this? And, and it doesn't even have to be like, now make a decision off of that, but be aware Where, of that. And um, over the last, for, so for the first quarter of 2021, I have really been examining my relationship with time and my relationship with urgency. And mm-hmm. I, rem- I had this, um, and this is not a new concept, but the, as it came to me, a friend of mine was saying, yeah, I remember reading that urgency is a product of white supremacy. And I'm like, Mm oh, let me explore that, right? (laughs) So then I started to think this overwhelming feeling that I get. When I get overwhelmed, what is it really, if I really break it down? Overwhelm in my life is when there is a number of things that need to be done and I don't Mm -hmm. feel like there's enough time to complete it. Mm -hmm. So then I've learned to slow that down and go, okay, what are all these things? And then I'll list them and I have my list. See, all this has to be done. And maybe I'm accurate. Maybe all of those things do have to be done. But then when I go, but which of them have to be done right this second? And it's like, well, then you go into the, it will be nice. But if I do a thing, no, right now, what you need to do is eat that food that's in front of you. Because Mm -hmm. that's actually what's happening. What you really need to do is go to the bathroom. That's the only thing that actually has to be done right now. So when I learned to step back and realize that I had a false sense of urgency Mm -hmm. that would emerge, And come out and then I was able to tie that to this adolescent part of me who doesn't want to be left behind who doesn't you know who wants to please who wants to do all these things I start to realize oh this ain't even real oh like this literally is not even a real thing oh I get to so so if I say like I'm done working at four o'clock on Friday like that's just it Right. I when wish I could have seen right? this. We both, we both right? hands at the same <laughs> exact time <Right. laughs> that that it, that that's just simple. If, if I don't want to start my day until 10 o'clock, like that's just it. Like I, I get to do that. And I think so many of us have been literal slaves to time
1: Absolutely. that we
0: have been working for this, this, this mythical thing that this, this pressurized time But then when we like look at like, well, who's controlling time, time is 24 hours every single day. And I'll be the first to tell you that a plank five minutes, doing a plank for five minutes, that five Mm. minutes passes a lot different than five minutes when you're talking to somebody you really enjoy or watching your favorite (laughs) show. I get it. The perception of that time feels different, but it's still five minutes. Yeah. And I've just had to deconstruct my relationship with time. And I think that's, that's very helpful for some some of the listeners, because we are racing uh, an invisible, we're racing something, we don't mm-hmm. even know what it is. But if 2020 didn't teach us nothing, it's that time, don't wait on you, it, it's, it's going to continue to pass and we're not guaranteed tomorrow. And so I Absolutely. think a re-evaluation of that can be very helpful.
1: Absolutely. I did. So I do a, um, and this came from some, some retreat. I think I did one time where I did an audit of my time. So we did invest. It was invest, spend, and waste. Mm. So it was three categories of your time. So even when, if I come and I help you organize something, right? There's always three piles, whatever that looks like, right? And whatever is, especially with clothes or items and things, right? There's always typically three piles or something about that three. Um, And when you start putting that to play and you look at how did I invest my time? How did I spend my time? And how did I waste my time? We have way more time than what we think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have way more time than what we think. We're much more intentional about it.
0: (laughs) Yes. Uh, You know, it's funny. It reminds me when we did work together, there came a point and I I can understand. I I didn't use my time effectively because for so long, work was also my social place. Mm -hmm. Like my friends were there, my support network was there. And so when I went to work, it was a combination of accomplishing what I was setting out to accomplish per my employment. But then it was also a time when I got to see people I really cared about. Well, next thing you know, I'm in this relationship with this this dude, I'm really feeling, you know, I want to spend time with him and, you know, I'm realizing all that. So now I'm not spending as much. So then it's like, oh, wait a minute. So I can actually do my job in 40 hours. I sure right? can. Look at that. And, but it was amazing how I had to realot when I would go take that restroom break that ended up being 20 minutes that because is. the bathroom is across from so and so's office and I got to stop me in and ask how the kids are doing and then you know, uh-huh. back and then all you know when I just went to bathroom and came back <laughs> i realized that <laughs> i was actually just there for that amount of time but i was saying like i'm going to make sure that the time is here to do what i'm here to do because my my social bucket wasn't being filled at work anymore only Mm -hmm. and so if people do find that they are spending excess time in places or with people there's a secondary gain somewhere absolutely like it it, you just got to figure out what it is absolutely You, you may not have thought of it that way but if you weren't getting something out of it, you wouldn't stay You it. would not. You absolutely so, would not. So why are you doing it? It also reminds me, My, I don't know if it was my mom or dad or maybe both, but they would always say Shonda will be the first to get there and the last to leave. To leave. And, it, and it shows up, particularly with my son, who will be like, oh my God, do you have to talk to everybody, <laughs> right? Everybody. And I would look around, but once my life started shaping in different ways than just the like Work in church, right? The two mm-hmm. places I realized when things was over, I'd be like, All right, holla at y'all later, see you later. And I'm out the door. I became unrecognizable, not because they had changed or done anything differently, but because the needs I was once getting met in those places, I was absolutely actually- else. So it's not just we don't do anything for nothing, we that's just have to true. sit down and be intentional about really digging into why am I doing the things that I'm anyway. doing.
1: That's right,
0: because all behavior has meaning. All behavior has meaning. All behavior has meaning. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So, um, yeah, you said resentment. We started looking at time audits and doing mm-hmm. anything else just to kind of wrap up. If someone were to say, like, how do I stop just doing to do or doing to be busy and really make sure that I'm focusing on being fulfilled?
1: I think it goes back to even what you just said, too, that secondary gain. So there's some kind of feeling that happens, and when you start feeling whatever, so that's being in tune with yourself, whether that's headaches, whether that's right, your stomach, just whatever that is, because there, that secondary gain, when you stop getting that, you'll know because you'll no longer be interested in those things. It'll no longer it'll no longer give you that feedback and you'll fill it in um, with something else or those things. So I think it takes a little bit of like self, it takes a lot of self-reflection, not a little bit. It takes a lot of self-reflection. Um, and it doesn't have to be this deep work where you got to sit down on a yoga mat with some can. Like it doesn't have to be that you could literally be sitting and watching TV and be like, yeah, I just did this for four hours and I was good with this. Like this was common to my soul versus doing X, Y, and Z are those things and just recognizing those things in those moments when they happen.
0: I I love it. And I also think that sometimes um, we don't, we recognize, so awareness, I think Mm -hmm. is a very key piece. But then after awareness, it's sometimes difficult to move into action because there is a perception that our shift is going to impact people in some way that we're not ready Mm -hmm. for it to impact them. And so uh, this was a while ago, but one of my self-care Sundays many months ago says, don't take boundary advice from those who benefit from Mm, you not having any. True. Okay. (laughs) So if you start being like, I don't want to do this anymore. And your first thought is, well, I need to talk to somebody about this. Should I stop? And the person you're talking to benefits from you doing the thing. They will probably, even if it's unintentional, try to convince you that you need to still do that thing because of the benefit that they get. And I think part of our growth and development is recognizing that we deserve peace. We deserve fulfillment. And some of us deep down in our souls don't believe it. So we will continue to do things. I have been historically a chronic Mm -hmm. overstayer, relationships, jobs, friendship, Mm -hmm. you name it. By the time I leave, I should have probably left months if not years ago and that is because there was a part of me that I truly believe felt that I didn't deserve to go pursue something that would be best for me if someone was going to be negatively impacted Mm -hmm. by it the reality is someone will always be impacted by things that I do right and that I think there are certain things that go beyond just being polite but are responsible like giving an adequate notice at your job you know, having hard conversations and relationships before just like ghosting people. You know, I think there are things that we can do to be responsible, but ultimately someone is going to be impacted anyway. And it comes back to the question my asked herself, why does their, the impact on them have to weigh so much more than the impact that this thing is having on me, right? So I, I just think that, you know, this is a good conversation that if you are intrigued by it, start having it. You know what I mean? you know, me, I, I advise therapy, we good, <laughs> but also that might not be your thing, but start having conversations, start doing some of the reflection, journal that stuff down, absolutely, really connect with your body and tell you and, and listen to what your body's trying to tell you about the multiple relationships you're in. And I think it could be some really good. Stuff.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Yes, ma'am. Yeah. So helping and organizing and managing uh-huh. is what my does but as we begin to wrap up I am wanting to invite you to tell us a interesting fun or little known fact about yourself
1: um the the <laughs> the organization piece the reason why everything is so coordinated and put together and and those things is because actually I'm a procrastinator at heart <laughs> It allows me to have so much more time if I'm laying in bed and I'm like, you know what, I just need that. That extra 15 minutes for me truly becomes an extra 15 minutes because I put my clothes out three days ahead of time. So in three-day increments. So I don't have to hop on and be like, what am I wearing? It doesn't matter. I got three choices. I'm good. No worries. It's a true 15 minutes without thinking about all that other stuff in play. I know where everything is. I know what's going on. So while it it seems like, oh, like I don't want to make it seem like I'm this, oh, so put together person. No, there are times when things are out of whack. However, I try to put and implement things in play to keep less to lessing that impact to lessen that impact for sure so yeah I'm a true procrastinator at heart
0: <laughs> three days though three three it's the three day.
1: it's the number of three right so if anybody listen. goes to numbers it's the three it's, it's I t- I speak Sunday I get to Wednesday and then I... huh?
0: <laughs> girl less
1: three I know
0: y'all I pick that ask Jay every day <laughs> and and it's so bad it's it's not just When I'm aware, it's when I'm aware, can you please pick it? Look, I didn't bought all the clothes in the closet, so I know I like them, right? So it's not like you're going to pick some I don't like. But can you just do that for me? So... That is a very mm-hmm. interesting fact. Three day. I I let me sit with that one. Um.
1: Don't worry. I can I can help you come and put that system I look, together. You know, I have, I'm not going to stop, right?
0: I'm I to get some TNT services yes. here. Yes, yes. Three I
1: days. It's it. not it's not that bad. Three days, and you just especially if you just kind of you check the now. It, it, this is Ohio, and it's Cincinnati for the Ohio Cincinnati listeners. So you know, you pull out sweaters and T shirts all in the same week to to get it together. But three days.
0: So, Mikeish, if someone was listening to this and they are like, oh, my God, I could use her services, I need help with organization, I just need to get to know her better, how can people find and get in touch with you?
1: So, people can find me on Instagram at GetOrganizedTNT. You can also email me at GetOrganized at tntllc.co. I am on LinkedIn under my keys, summers. You can find me there. M Y K I S H. No, a, <laughs> no, a at all. <laughs> and summers is a season with an S. Um, you can find me there as well to get in touch with me.
0: Well, we will obviously and definitely have those um contacts inside of our show notes my i thank you so much for spending the time just having these i mean this is what we do literally all the time so this is just a conversation people got to listen to but yeah, i'm absolutely so, so <laughs> thankful that you joined me and so happy that you accepted our invitation
1: thank you so much labors of love i appreciate it thank you for allowing me to share share my labor of love with you all i absolutely love and adore what you're doing
0: Thank you. I want to give a special shout out to Trey Angel who provides all the music for the Labors of Love podcast to my producer, Jay Sugg from Instant Classic Media. And of course, to you, my listeners, I never take it for granted that you spend time listening. If you have suggestions for content or guests, please reach out at www.thelaborsoflove.com. Don't forget, we are on all the major social media outlets. Please, if you haven't, head over to Instagram to our brand new page just for the podcast, the underscore LOL underscore pod and if you have not already take a moment give us that five star rating write us a review and share with your friends and loved ones until we connect again you all be well